Hi, this is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial Group, IRA Financial Trust. Today I want to discuss the new SEC fiduciary rules and the potential impact on your IRA. So Wednesday, April 18, 2018, the SEC finally came out with its proposed fiduciary rules. Uh, it's 1,000 pages, uh, four sets of proposals. It's actually available on scc.gov if you're interested and have the time to read through a thousand or so pages. But obviously, uh, this is something that is uh, of great interest to a lot of people, especially those are in the uh, broker-dealer investment advisory world, because this could impose an additional set of rules and regulations on them. In 2010, Dodd-Frank empowered the SEC to impose regulations involving fiduciary duties to broker-dealers and customers. So they're finally uh, getting, uh, I guess, their, their house in order and finally issued these proposed regs. Uh, we all know that the Department of Labor has tried for the last several years to create their own fiduciary rule, which apply would apply only to retirement accounts, actually. Of interest, the SEC proposed fiduciary rule would apply to non-retirement accounts and retirement accounts because SEC technically doesn't have jurisdiction uh, over retirement accounts like the DOL, although the DOL actually only had authority over 401k or ERISA plans, not IRAs, which is the issue and, and the reason why the Fifth Circuit in March 2018 uh, – overturned uh, the fiduciary rule and basically dismantled it. And uh, if, if they don't appeal the verdict by April 30th, it's going to go away. So from what I read online, there's a good chance they're not going to appeal it because the thought is they would have done it already since it's today, April 20th. So uh, if that's the case, then the SEC will, uh, fiduciary rule will essentially be the only game in town. And that's uh, what investment advisors and brokers will have to uh, follow uh, in order to uh, you know, not, not subverse the, the rule. So there's actually a 90-day comment period. So whatever these 1,000 pages state today, it's probably not what the, the law is going to be when it's passed. Uh, the thought is they'll also get the DOL involved and try to get their thoughts and also the public comments, take those into account. Uh, obviously, the core of these rules is to make the individual investor you know, more secure, more safer, get them the best possible advice they can get so they must make the best possible educated decision from an investment standpoint. You know, of course, pretty much everyone's in favor of that. The issue is how do you go about doing it? So the SEC uh, proposed rules basically uh, follow a best interest approach. <laughs> but of interest, out of these 1,000 pages, they never define what a best interest is. So it's a little bit up in the air. That's one of the main criticisms of the proposed rules is that they talk about a best interest rule for broker-dealers, but they don't really define it. So I think before we really get into some of the general uh, principles of this proposal, it's important to understand the difference between a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor because the, the fiduciary rules from an SEC standpoint uh, really tackle brokers uh, because investment advisors really already have a fiduciary duty to, the, to their clients. Uh, it compels them to put their clients' interests ahead of their own. Whereas BDs, broker-dealers that work with publicly traded uh, firms uh, are subject to FINRA and broker-dealers, they owe a duty of fair dealing with their clients, which is less burdensome than a fiduciary. So we know that BDs have different uh, commission, different ways they earn money versus investment advisors. 
So some BDs try to call themselves advisors, and that's something the SEC proposed rules is trying to crack down on and trying to give the uh, public better uh, information as to who they're dealing with. They, they didn't eliminate and create one set of rules where you would eliminate the differences between BDs and investment advisors, which I think the BD community is very happy about because uh, the DOL fiduciary rule uh, thought was it would have at least from a retirement account standpoint. So the SEC rules seems to understand that there is a distinction that the public could potentially benefit from just a BD relationship where they understand uh, the scope of their relationship uh, versus an investment advisor relationship where they're getting actual fiduciary uh, advice. So I think that that's really the main principles of the uh, best interest rule is that it, it will apply different principles to, to BDs. It will increase... Uh, the, the regulatory authority for BDs uh, under this best interest, even though it's not explicitly defined, uh, it's, it's supposedly a stricter, more uh, pro-consumer client approach than, than the standard they have today. Uh, but it doesn't treat BDs as investment advisors from a fiduciary standpoint, which I think a lot of people are happy about. Um, so it basically, the aim, again, is to hold financial professionals to higher standards of conduct, uh, even if they're BDs rather than advisors. But again, the SEC understands that they may not be able to, they probably aren't going to hold all BDs to the same fiduciary standard as an investment advisor, but they're going to increase some of the uh, as protection clients will have dealing with BDs. For the most account, the best interest rule um, is going to hopefully prevent conflict of interests uh, from investment advisors and brokers. Um, there's going to be potential for the BDs to, when they're applying these um, best interest rules, they're going to have to provide written documentations to clients stating whether a broker is acting only as a salesperson or as a duty of loyalty to the client. So the, the SEC rules are, are really about disclosure um, and making sure clients have all the facts um, before they decide who they're going to work with because it seems that from a public standpoint, there's been a lot of confusion as to whether clients are working with financial advisors and BDs and basically what they can expect from an investment advisory standpoint. Uh, obviously, we know investment advisors, fiduciary level, BDs, maybe not, um, could rise to that level. But this best interest standard is going to hopefully give people, uh, individual investors, a, a greater sense of who they're working with and a better idea uh, from a compliance standpoint and a conflict of interest standpoint. Uh, if the BD does have some type of potential conflict, they're aware of it. Whether well, they, may, they may waive it, may be okay with it, but they need to be aware of it. And that's what this kind of four-page um, you know, uh, documentation will be where the client, the, the broker will have to reveal any potential conflicts from a fee standpoint or not. So I think that's, that's probably um, – you know, the main points of the of the uh, SEC proposal. Uh, it seems like you know there are some people that have voiced concerns. Um, again, I think the ninety day comment period will tighten it. Will will make the rule better. But how does this impact your IRAs? Um, pretty much, um, if you are using investment advisors or BDs for your IRA, well, you, you hopefully will get a better standard uh, of care. Uh, of course, if you're working with investment advisors, you're already getting a fiduciary standard of care, so you should be good. But if you're dealing with BDs, uh, the BDs will now have uh, a best interest approach to follow. Uh, that should be a higher standard of care. 
So if there are potential conflicts, they will disclose them to you uh, in written form. Um, hopefully there'll be more clarity if you're working with a broker-dealer and you thought they were an investment advisor, now you'll have a better interest, a better uh, idea of who you're working with. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Um, uh, for alternative asset investments, real estate, uh, cryptocurrencies, for example, or uh, hard money lending, if you're doing self-directed IRAs for alternative assets, these rules aren't going to impact you. Uh, because SEC has no jurisdiction over self-directed IRA custodians. Self-directed IRA custodians do not sell securities. They're not subject. They're not fiduciaries. They're not subject to SEC jurisdiction. So it, it shouldn't be a, a, a an issue. Um, you should pretty much go about your business uh, as you would. Same with the DOL fiduciary rules. They're not going to impact self-directed IRAs. There are carve-outs for rollovers and conversion uh, investment advice. Um, that's one thing that's a little bit unclear in this proposal, how um, uh, discussions on investment advice, rollovers uh, will apply or conversions. Based off some of the, the info I saw, I, I haven't read all 1,000 pages, but I, I've read a good amount of it, and there is some language uh, about uh, BDs, uh, if they are giving people rollover advice, that they have to document uh, that in the uh, written relationship summary and also potentially document uh, any potential conflicts in that regard. Uh, if they're telling people to roll over so that they can invest in a, an investment, for example, that they earn commissions on, that could be a disclosure issue. So that's pretty much what I've, I've gathered from the SEC standpoint, retirement accounts. Again, the SEC proposal, it is a proposal. It's not law. There's a 90-day comment period, and then they'll take that into account, comments received, and then eventually uh, they, they may issue a final uh, ruling. But it, this is in proposed form, uh, so that's important. It applies to retirement and non-retirement funds, unlike the DOL, which was only uh, – they tried to have the DOL apply to IRAs, which the Fifth Circuit sh- uh, struck down and said – the Department of Labor did not have jurisdiction over IRAs, so now SEC steps in. They've had the authority to do so since 2010, uh, Dodd Frank, but now they're doing it. Um, it seems overall, I mean, you, you've seen it was a 4 1 vote. There was a Democratic SEC uh, commissioner that um, uh, had an issue with it, and Stein, she didn't think it went far enough. Um, so um, we'll see how it goes uh, in terms of what actually happens um, down the road. Um, but I think we'll have 90 days where we will see some, obviously some discussion. It seems like the mutual fund industry is somewhat okay with this. Um, but again, it's still new. It's still only, uh, it's a thousand pages. People are digesting it. It just got released a few days ago. Um, so, but I think it's potentially less harsh, so to speak, on on brokers than the Department of Labor rule. But that, again, only applied to retirement accounts. This applies to retirement and non-retirement accounts. Um, so I think it's interesting. Uh, I think the general public will win out. I, I don't think it puts undue, hopefully not undue, hardship on, on BDs. Uh, again, investment advisors are already f- subject to fiduciary rules. It's really the BDs that the, some of the issues have been in terms of conflict of interest and fees and commissions. A lot of the big banks and financial institutions, they've already followed the DOL. They, they, they believed and thought that it would pass. They didn't see this Fifth Circuit appeal ever uh, having any merit or being successful. So now the banks are in limbo because it's taken them so long to move their business model to the DOL fiduciary rule model, which pretty much went to more flat rate stuff. Uh, they took away a lot of commission-based stuff. And some banks and financial institutions even did away uh, with some um, you know, IRA-type 
services. For example, like Chase, if you want to do uh, contributions to an IRA or even investments, they took it away from a lot of their branches. You need to go th- through J.P. Morgan now. So they've kind of changed their internal workings. Now that the DOL rule got struck down and they probably won't appeal it, now they have to deal with the SEC rule and see how, how that's going to play out. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, but again, just overall, for your IRA, 401k, if you're dealing with an investment advisor, you probably are getting a high level of care, fiduciary level. So nothing should really change. Broker-dealers, you now have to potentially deal with the best interest approach, um, which may be you know, slightly uh, more burdensome uh, than the current approach, which is a suitability standard. Uh, and so that's one thing BDs have to deal with. There's also some written relationship summaries that they're going to have to work through. Um, but uh, for IRAs, um, from a public standpoint, uh, you shouldn't see a change at all. Again, the DL rules, a lot of the banks and financial institutions already have prepared themselves. Self-directed IRAs, self-directed 401ks, things like that, alternative assets, non-security stuff. Um Again, if you're if it's, it's the name says it all, you're self-directing. IRA custodians don't give investment advice; they're non-fiduciaries. So the, the rule is not going to have any impact on self-directed IRAs. It's really broker dealers where the rule is going to uh, have an impact and hopefully help the consumer ultimately. So um, I will. I promise. It, again, I'm going to try to get through most of the thousand pages at some point soon. So I will uh, report back if I if I hear see anything. Uh, that's worth talking about. Uh, also, come back with a, some type of uh, status report when I've uh, been able to digest this and, and I've kind of read more people's thoughts within the financial industry and retirement industry. But looks like the SEC uh, rule, the fiduciary rule, will be the only game in town. I, I don't think the uh, government's going to appeal uh, the uh, Fifth Circuit. So I think that DOL fiduciary rule will go away and the SEC fiduciary rule will be the, the actual um, you know, primary uh, rule that uh, investment advisors, broker-dealers have to deal with from a retirement and an on-retirement account standpoint. Uh, Adam Bergman, IRA Financial, uh, actually just wrote an article for Forbes on this uh, as well, so you can look at that. It's pretty much a summary of what I just discussed. If you have questions, uh, you can email me at adambeatirefinancialgroup. Follow us at Twitter at IRAFG, Instagram, Facebook at IRA Financial Group, or you can uh, ask me questions uh, on Facebook uh, and uh, LinkedIn. And uh, again, thanks for listening. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for another podcast, uh, let me know. Uh, Until next time, thanks.